another Ring Road Hotel, a final one, another day at the Giro. It's nearly done. Stage 21. Early morning, slightly jet-lagged. Rome. But before all of that, let's just catch up with Charlie Quarterman, who sent me a voice note that landed overnight. I've had to take a little bit of time to, to calm down and uh, compose myself before doing this one. Uh, I just watched the, the end of the TT where Primoz has taken the, the Malia Rosa off uh, Geraint Thomas and I'd never been quite so emotional um, after a bike race. I think having just done these three weeks with these guys, um, I, I, I finally appreciate how much it means how much how much effort it takes and how you know all of this is is possible because of the motivation and the the mental strength uh also for me if i may say so just to get through the stages it wasn't wasn't just a question of legs it was a question of willpower really you know when when everything else is gone when you have zero energy when your legs are, are cramping up it's the it's the desire just to get through it that that makes it all makes uh, makes the difference. It's the same for them. So even though I haven't done the the altitude camps and I I didn't have the pressure of uh, of a team like Jumbo Visma behind me for 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 the for the GC, um, I I realised so much more how much how much it means to them and uh, that's why it's really it wasn't wasn't at all difficult to watch. It was really beautiful and it was just. A really overwhelming moment, actually. So, I think whoever whoever won, I would have been emotional and happy. But this is just such a beautiful sport, isn't it? This morning, I, my TT was about four hours before these guys, but um, even more than that. And obviously, the climb was super hard, but the experience of riding through the crowds like that was unforgettable. Like really, uh, I've never. Also indescribable. I can't really put it into words, but you, you don't. You always don't feel your legs. Actually, you just want to be there and soak up the atmosphere. Luckily, I was going relatively easy. Uh, I say easy, so I was able to appreciate it. But wow, it's just amazing. Just a fantastic way to come towards the end of this emotional rollercoaster that is the Giro of twenty twenty three, which is my first Grand Tour. So, <clears throat> after that, I came came to the hotel and uh, in a very kind of classic cycling way, after eating a pizza with with my teammates, um, we came back and I've been doing a bit of economic revision for for my exams next week. Yeah, that's true, and uh, it's been a quiet quiet afternoon. And tomorrow morning we fly to Rome, and I'll I'll see my see my girlfriend Louise again, and uh, the. The circuits around Rome will be a very fitting end to this uh, amazing adventure. <sighs> it's beautiful, isn't it? All right, ciao. So here I am. We've arrived in Rome after a uh, long and slightly complicated journey. It's uh, late morning here and I'm standing in the shade, or well, the partial shade, of the extraordinary uh, Vittoriana 
the, uh, the big national monument to the first king of Italy. If you've been to Rome, you know the building. The, they call it the wedding cake, the uh, colossal early 20th century monument to the first king of Italy. Uh, understated, it is not. Grand, it is. And uh, the race is in the heart of Rome for the first time since 2018, returning to the capital city, fittingly uh, to celebrate uh, in extraordinary fashion the ending of an extraordinary uh, bicycle race. In the distance I can see the Colosseum, the race will be coming past, the Vatican City today, a big bunch sprint on a cobbled surface. It's going to be very fast and uh, it's the fitting end uh, to uh, a race that is going to finish in thundering style. And I'm standing right in front of the band of the uh, the state police who are about to uh, entertain the waiting crowd. The clarinetist just getting into position. I can see the tuba players in the background, a bit of a hush descends, the saxophonists, uh, the, uh, the bassoonist as well, an oboe player in the front. That's going to be tricky if they're marching. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, the trombonist at the back as the conductor, wearing a uh, very crisply ironed uniform now, steps to the front. And uh, any minute now, I think we're going to hear the marching band of the state police of Italy on the streets of Rome to get proceedings underway. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, so we got to Rome last night. Uh, actually, the plane took off early, didn't it? That was mad. It that was, never happens. It, that was all on time. Um, the flight was remarkably short, 45 minutes, something like up that. Up and down, wasn't it? Yeah, it was up and down. And then um, we had a small packet of, of biscuits. Yep. Uh, well, of, of crackers. Um, I got mine and gave mine to Massey. He seemed quite happy with that, like a small child in, in a large man's body when he received them. <laughs> Um, 25 cops in front of us, all yeah. tooled up, weren't they? All carrying pistols. Yeah, I mean... pretty discussion about the, the the wisdom of that, really. Yeah, I mean, it's getting a bit dark, but what if, what if one cop went rogue? Yeah. Uh, and at the end of a three weeks, they've been on the race with us for three weeks, the poli uh, um, uh, Polizia Statale, yeah. with their jodpers uh, that jodpers. they wear, that light blue with that, that purple trim Band. down the side. It's quite, um, it's quite a look. It's quite, it's quite eagerly, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. beak. And, and, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't rule out one of them going rogue. No, that, I, that's, I, I suddenly, in my mind, was playing out a scenario that was then um, was then made into a film. Um, in your head? In my head. And yeah. it was like, uh, it was cops on a plane, it yeah. was called. One of them goes rogue, takes one out a shooter, yeah. um, grabs you, like takes one of the takes 50% of the World Feed commentary team hostage, drags you yeah. like that with, by your neck, with, your, with his gun to your head, to, his, to your temple, drags you like literally up the aisle to where, to the front, like that, and shouting all the while, um, uh, take this plane to, to to where would it be to, to Anglesey? Yeah. Um, to, to, or or uh, he gets it. Stevens gets it. But then, yeah. as the plane's descending towards Anglesey, the scene, of course, of the famous stage of the Tour of Britain many years ago, it was with a prologue, yeah. wouldn't it? it was up, 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 uphill, down, uphill down prologue. prologue ironically, yeah. um, you take off this little spongy bit at the top of the pod machine, hurl it, clouts him straight in the temple. Yeah. Um, stuns him. I grappling. I, 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 get, I do a bit of judo on him. I, I was um, orange belt um, third Dan. Um, uh, hold him in the neck when hold you were eleven. When I was eleven, yeah. and just and then just and then I get a big cheer, yeah. uh, and then and then it all ends and we re-divert yeah. back um, to, to, to Trieste. Yeah. yeah, that could have happened. It could have happened. It didn't happen. It didn't um, happen. We, we so instead we landed and then we had a forty-five minute dash for the high cars because we t we landed at Terminal Five, didn't we? Obviously not at a regular stand. Nobody there close to, to midnight. Yeah, nobody um, there to tell us where to go. 
So uh, it was just, it was just like a charter terminal. Like, it wasn't really a terminal, was it? It was just an empty... It's kind of shut, like a shell. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> the bizarre thing was it took us longer, pretty much yeah. longer, to get from off our plane on a, on, a, on a coach, then to the terminal that was empty, and then walk yomping across the whole using different series of roads. You know what it's like in airports? They're not designed to walk over through, are no. they? Um, There's an amazing book, Matt, written by Will Self, who's obviously not everyone's cup of tea, but he did write a very interesting book called, I may have mentioned this before in the pod, but it's a great book called Psychogeography, I think, where he talks about walking from his house in Clapham to his flat in uh, Manhattan. Uh, oh, I've heard it. Yeah, you uh, have, uh, mentioned, yeah, I have mentioned it. A few years ago. Yeah, yeah. And he, um, I'm just repeating myself. Yeah, but he accepts that the middle bit he has to do by aeroplane, but everything else he does on foot. But the difficulty of just walking up to Heathrow and walking out of JFK, um, we discovered that a bit yesterday in, um, yeah, it what's it called, Fumicino? Fumicino, yeah. It was, it was Fumicino as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was indeed. Uh, <laughs> I needed a Chino after that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was about 40 minutes. So the flight, we did a 700k flight in 45 minutes, and then like a 1.5 kilometre walk in yeah. the best part of 45 minutes. But uh, I made it to the, the check-in check desk for you. the hire cars in first place. He did so well. In first place, Matt. Yeah. Only because Winning. Paolo, who was leading the way and actually knew where he was going, he kind of like flicked himself right at the end and went down a diversion, taking himself just at fundamentally at the wrong direction with about 50 metres to go. Just, and I just I just follow my instincts. because You've got a poacher's instinct, didn't you? A poacher. Yeah. You know, you're like uh, Lineker back in the day, just... You were goal hanging, weren't you? Yeah. Waiting for, for an error, yeah. a defensive error. It happened, bang, back of the net. We were straight out of there. Into the Ibis, yeah. Yeah. Ibis Hotel. Got up quite early this morning, went for an awful run. Yeah. We're staying in the outskirts of Rome. Uh, couldn't find anything other than a massive main road to run up and down. Uh, then we made it to, uh, well, we're, yeah, as I've described already, which is the ridiculous, the ridiculous, uh, what is it, the, uh, the, 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 the National Monument of Emmanuel. Uh, oh, yeah, and I said, I said to you earlier, didn't I? Emmanuel Vittorio II, and uh, you said I can't remember, but it was Vittorio. Yeah, yeah it was a name, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Is he the architect then? That's it. Is he the architect? First, no, king, the king. First yeah. king of. So I got that wrong. Um, but here we are. Yeah, here yeah. we are. I've done uh, the Welsh, our little uh, Welsh contingent. Uh, well, not our little Welsh contingent. The Welsh contingent. There with their flags and all dressed in pink. Yeah. Bit of a shame in it, really, uh, for, for Geraint. But yeah, we've had. We got here really early. Four hours early? Some mint parking by yourself there, Ned. We had Thanks. to physically move the barriers and just park to where we shouldn't have. But it that, was a that's strange Rome. combination. I mean, yeah. it has shut down the centre of Rome. Oh, totally, we couldn't do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a strange combination of like really high security and big profile, big city finish, and like park where you want, mate. And then, and then, so really high security, and then really. Gino. Hey, Gino Lanier for the last time. I love it. Wow, they're coming yeah. early, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, we do need to shout. It's like being at a disco, yeah. uh, but outdoors. I'm uh, fretting slightly because one of the first things I have to do in the running order of the uh, of the Giro every day is I say welcome, and then and then what do I do? And then I throw I throw to highlights. I throw to some highlights of that, the previous stage, and then once I've done that, I do a little route preview of the of the stage to come, and then the next thing I have to do in the running order is always let's have a look. At the po a postcard of the stage starts today, and we're in the centre of Rome. But the stage starts uh, out uh, just south of here, to a few kilometres at Roma, uh, um, I don't know Roma, which was um, which is a, which was a project built for the 1942 World Trade Fair, um, 
but it started being built in the 1930s by Benito Mussolini to celebrate fascist architecture. Oh, lovely. And, and it's still there. So the first thing we're going to see is a reminder of Italy's fascist park. Of course, now it's been developed subsequently, and it's, a, it's the business park in the south of Italy. But it's kind of like, historically, that's the starting point today. Uh, yeah. uh, we're going to move on from that to the yeah, Colosseum quite quickly, and all that. Quite quickly, yeah, yeah. Quite quickly. Yeah, I, I had a... I rode around the finishing circuit. First, I, I, I dropped onto the river, and there's a lovely bike path. I went the best part of 5Ks out, 5K back on this bike path, heading out of Rome. It's beautiful. Then I came back, picked up the circuit, and rode it. And it's like a open top, top bus tour. Beautiful sights, Colosseum, everything, everything leading into it. It's quite open. There's some, there's two sort of climbs on the circuit. Actually, two big long climbs, but super wide sweeping roads. Nothing, nothing overly technical, bar for one or two corners. But uh, and then of course a cobbled finish and nothing worse than on the Champs-Élysées but um, it's going to be super fast today but I really, I really enjoyed riding around. It's slightly downhill isn't it? It's, it's slightly downhill. It's slightly downhill. Yeah. I think it's a tailwind. Yeah. Um, as they, they pick up a little tailwind and sweep around the Colosseum, drop down for the last 800 metres and it's very fast but on those cobbles it's going to be another possibly, uh, my, my, my heart says Cav, my head says Johnny Milan. Yeah. I've got you, um, we'll go inside now, I've, yes, got, your, I've got you a, a fruit salad, but oh, I'm afraid lovely. there's one or two pineapple chunks in there. Uh, oh. Does that ruin the entire fruit salad for you, or can no, you pick them out? No, I'll pick them out. I might, do you know what, as it's the final day, I might even gamble, I might no, even no, gamble no, getting gamble. hives. Not, no, that's crazy, crazy. What, what, can I don't, give you those chunks then? Yeah, I'll have the chunks. And uh, what, is it like grapes in there, a bit kiwi? Um, kiwi, definitely. Then disappointing is padded out with apples, but that's fine. Okay, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Well, today an extraordinary Giro comes to an end in the grandest of settings that the host country could possibly have afforded the race. A flat circuit today featuring six laps of Rome that will take the riders close to the Vatican and the Colosseum before a finish in the shade of the Victor Emmanuel II National Monument. A remarkable end to a remarkable race which has thrown up the unexpected around every single one of its many thousands of corners over the course of the last three weeks. Picks the wheel of Fernando Gaviria up the right hand side of the road. It's Gaviria from Cavendish. Cavendish comes off the wheel of the Colombian. Cavendish hits the front. Cavendish at the last. A crash behind. But Cavendish blasts away to victory. Stage 21 for Mark Cavendish. And he absolutely tranced the field. first I've never done this before I'm actually still on air I've obviously closed the microphone on my broadcast this, this is potentially quite fraught with danger isn't it I'm gonna I'm liking it though, a bit of rogue podding here because we're still on air we've just seen the uh, uh, frankly interminable uh, uh, you know thoroughly deserved and yet interminable um, presentations to Primoz Roglic including an unnecessary wristwatch that he was given by the sponsors um, uh, and uh, we're uh, waiting now we're trying to work our way through this long list of uh, of uh, no, classification the, of the, the classification we've got we got, we got yeah. uh, Johnny Johnny Chiclamino now Johnny Milan yep. um, so you, you've got to do some yep. work I'll, yep. I'll hold the pod 
So, so Ned's, um, Ned's just describing Jonathan Milan coming onto the podium. Fantastic ride by Jonathan Milan, that's for sure. And Ned basically saying that uh, the jersey has been worn handsomely, which it has. Fair play. Big talent. Uh, you did a good job. What I was doing, I was describing, because um, it's surprisingly quiet when you take your headphones off when you speak. When you, yeah. So I was describing what you were saying to oh, the podcast <laughs> listeners. Yeah, so it's quite quite unusual what we're doing here. Buttoned off, so good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but right. I'll go back on again. Okay, here we go. So Ned's now saying that he's taking his trophy and lifted it aloft. One of two riders to have worn the jersey in this edition of the Giro. Other being Remco Evenepoel. So uh, pictures of him shaking the bubbly. Showers, showers the attendant public and takes a mighty swig. That was modest for a big man. Yeah, so Van Halen uh, is the music in the background that's currently being played. So Van Halen, is he going to jump? No, he's going to step off the podium. It would have been better if he jumped. Um, that doesn't matter. There we go. Uh, yeah, this is both me and Ned. We're nearly delirious, aren't we? It's just, it's just, it's just. I, well, we're well over a hundred hours of commentating now. The, the the race, it was brilliant, by the way. The sprint, it was. We'll get on to talk about that. Yeah. But it, it was, it was, it was a truly incredible way to round off the. It was. Unbelievable, but it did finish three quarters of an hour ago, and, yeah. and we're we're still on air with no end in sight to yeah. to this. Uh, uh, one thing just to add to: uh, everybody's gone. No, I, 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 most people have gone, and they're now dismantling our workplace around us. Uh, yeah, that's very much the case. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well done, Jonathan Milan, also as this cracking rider, uh, big big future, Mali Chiclamino winner. old school style just passing by some just astonishing well this is everywhere there's no point in even mentioning the stuff it's just everywhere isn't it it's just Rome Rome's just full of Roman bits but Ned it's really important thing you just said reminding and reminding us both really sometimes our job can be no our job is brilliant um, sometimes there can be elements of it being quite mundane not, not going through the motions but you're just getting the job done but then today you just said I quite enjoyed that and I think you did more than quite enjoy it you embraced it and you called it brilliantly and it's a it's a special moment wasn't it it was it was absolutely nuts wasn't it well he has a knack he has a knack of when he wins he like especially now because he's winning less frequently he has a knack of when he wins there's a real narrative to it it's not just a win like a okay pascal ackerman's one you know with respect to ackerman when he wins now everything is that much more heightened and precious isn't it just (coughs) it's more each victory is even more significant than the previous one almost to sign off your Giro d'Italia. You know, I don't I don't know whether he came to this race in Pascala, Pascala thinking I'll do all three weeks. I kind of doubt it, really. But, you know, he's felt himself suckered into it more and more deeply and it's such a difficult race for him as well and everyone. And to get his reward like that or to earn his reward like that um, in that setting uh, on his final Giro, which, you know, he announced his retirement during the Giro, to win 17 stages, you know, and the, the only reason that that's not like a headline is because he's won bloody 34 Tour de France stages. Um, I mean, it is a headline, but it's not really what he'll be remembered for. It's just, it's just and not only that, but the, the, the amazing kind of like 
subplot of Geraint Thomas getting on the front and doing his old mate a favour and all that sort of thing. That was epic. But then the margin of victory and the handsomeness of the sprints, it was off the scale, Matt. It was. It was I, 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 I nearly fell off my seat. Um, I tend to get a bit excited in sprints anyway. Um, but it was... Sorry, there's a, just paying, there's a lot of tooting going on, but yeah, we're in the right standard. lane. Yeah, I'm in the right it's, lane. You're actually in the proper yeah. lane. Um, but um, it oh, was... Look at that poster there. Denti e la squalo. Denti da squalo. The teeth of the shark. They were on display on the podium today, weren't they? They were. <laughs> uh, yeah, but what? Vincenzo Nibali, a uh, legend, but so Euro, isn't he? Mm. In a suit with white trainers that literally That's must right. have got out of the box, but with a really that built-up sole, they're like tiny little hovercrafts on the bottom of his feet. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love Vincenzo, <laughs> but. Uh, like little mini white hovercrafts that he just hovers long. Didn't, didn't, did, literally, did you watch when he walked no. off? He just hovered off off yeah, the stage. Right. Yeah, right. it was kind of a small detail, but we, I mean, we get to, we do a lot well, of podium someone, stuff. Someone was sooner or later always going to invent the hoverboard. I mean, it's, you know, it's been oh, part of science fiction. Yeah. Of, and uh, Vincenzo Nibli appears to have done it very rapidly in his, um, in his retirement. So is this the, oh, we're on that little. This is the little drag. Yeah. Crack, it was quite an effort. I can see you probably, you're probably riding your Rompton up this for seven minutes, weren't you? Yeah, we did leave, but I think it was uh, the best part of 15, actually. <laughs> but yes, it was a long, wide, it was closed roads. It was brilliant. But no, you're quite right, Ned. It was um, nothing short of magnificent. And, you know, we, we talked about it. It was a breathless sprint. Um, we were worn out by it. There was an awful crash. Uh, that Mark had nothing to do with it. It happened way behind him. He'd already won the race. He could have just freewheeled to the line. It was yeah. that devastating an acceleration when he finally went past Gaviria. But I think, uh, I think fingers crossed Ackerman's okay, but yeah. those kind of things do happen, don't they? I think that crash was because Ackerman had picked the wheel of Milan. And then when he realised Milan was taking him nowhere, Milan was, was not getting, making any... He had to come off Milan's wheel and he was looking for room, wasn't he? So he kind of drifted across to the right quite far and then touched wheels with someone or kind of like... So it might have been a slightly kind of... Bit, bit of a bit of a, um, a, a what, how do you call it? dynamic move, should we say, from Pascal Ackerman that uh, created that crash. But um, yeah, it was just it was not, it was not. And then the interview he did at the end. Oh, when he uh, Jeff, the that uh, the French uh, interviewer. Jeff got, yeah, Jeff Kinney. We, we, we get on with Jeff, but I'll be honest with you, he's got some quite idiosyncratic question styles sometimes. Sometimes and um, can often maybe he doesn't mean it, but can often be slightly negative um, and. Rather than celebrate the moment and ask for that moment to be explained, uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes he asks it in a way that casts doubt over things. And, and Mark picked up on that and, um, I wouldn't say he tore a strip off him, but it was a little bit passive-aggressive, but rightly so. But it was, ca- it was Cavendish. <laughs> it, was ca- it was Cavendish all over. He said, you always have to, the first thing he said was, you always have to find the negative, don't you? And, and, but it was pure Cavendish. It reminded yeah, yeah. me, it reminded me of the 15 years I've been doing the thing that Jeff Canet is doing now. And thankfully, I'm not that longer in the front line, and I don't do it anymore. So I can sit back and watch other people. But you know, he he's just he's just become essence of Cavendish, hasn't he? It's just, it's just details. He's a details man, and yeah. uh, and when he picks up anything like that, he will be more than happy uh, to to talk about it and lay it bare. Because um, a normal a normal response would be to, you know, from from any athlete other than Mark Cavendish, and I mean, you know, footballers as well, you'd go. You'd go, um, all right, noted, and you, but you'd answer the question, maybe with a little glare, but yeah. you'd answer the question that you were asked, and then as soon as the, the red light went, went off, you'd go, why do you always have to start with a negative? You know, you'd say it off camera, whereas Mark's lack of filter means <laughs> that it just comes out. And it's, it's box office, the guy. I oh, know, he is, he's, 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 he's absolutely diamond. I mean, you talk about all the pressure, the pressure that built up 
just to get back to Cav to round it off because it is such a story and, and, and enormously significant aside from the it briefly I'll be honest with you, I'd almost forgotten that Primoz Roglic had won the Giro because the sprint was that spectacularly significant in so many different ways for Mark Cavendish. Like you said, in, the, in a British champion's jersey, um, he'd never ridden a Giro where he hadn't won a stage. He'd delivered that, but on the final stage of his final Giro, delivered not to the line, but helped out a bit by, no, no, in no insignificant way by, by Geraint Thomas, Without that much pressure on his shoulders against this new, um, some of the most, you know, sh- the sharpest, most unpredictable sprinters in the world, all that pressure, and, and he, he did it, but in the most emphatic style, and it was it was nothing short of glorious. And of all the bunch sprints, and I think you totted them up, we've had six, haven't we? Caden yeah. Groves, Michael Matthews, reduced bunch sprint, Jonathan Milan, Pascal Ackerman, Alberto Dianese, have I missed one? That's, That's it. it. And then Cavendish. Of all the sprint victories, that was by far the biggest sprint victory. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the margin, literally, the kind of bite lengths he took over the over the line, it was... That was brilliant. And that'll probably be his last race before he goes to France. Yeah, another f- just five weeks yesterday, isn't it? He won't do the Nationals this year because it's too climby for him. Yeah, a little bit too hilly, I think, the Nationals. I don't think that, I think he's just going to rest up. I mean, uh, <laughs> he's done enough climbing, hasn't he's he? Done a, he's done a lot of climbing. So, and uh, the amount, I mean, it's, and also significantly, there's, it's his first win of the year. It's his first win as British champion. His first win for Astana. There's a lot of, there's a lot, so many firsts, but also so many lasts. Yeah. In terms of yeah. its significance as yeah. a, the end, but also the beginning. And it's just, yeah, it, it, was, it was a joy. It was a joy. Um, and the amount of hugs that he got from riders across the board. Clearly, there were some familiar faces there. I noticed Blythe was there working for GCN. And then Jake Stewart, magnificent sixth place for the lad from the Midlands running for Group Armour F. Dijur. It was one of the first person to embrace him. There was just genuine joy. Betiol, that was a lingering hug from Betiol as well. It was, uh, everybody was so, so happy for him. Everyone wanted a piece of him. Everyone wanted a piece of him. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But endings, yeah, the only loose ends we haven't tied up as we go back to our hotel um, in Rome as the turns to night now. And you're going off into the night and probably quite celebrate. I probably won't because I've got technical issues and try, need to edit a podcast <laughs> and all this sort of thing. But the only thing we haven't really quite put to bed is what happened after the Aberdeen stage. It was London. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those. It was one of those years where the race ended in, ended yeah, yeah, in the Westminster yeah, yeah. Circuit in London, wasn't oh, it? And um, it was. I'm mean, afraid. <sighs> When Yanto looks back on his career, um, off the front, uh, as he was... Yeah. Uh, the circuit, the big... Westminster. The, the, West, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Westminster circuit, as he was, off the front with Geoffroy Le Quatre of Agriculture. Of course, yeah. Le Quatre, what a, what, a, what a moyenne rider he was. Yeah, and a young JJ Rojas. Oh, I mean, JJ. A, so, Yanto Barker, there was um, Geoffroy Le Quatre, Quatre, there was a young Thomas Vaucler, Yep. Um, riding for Brioche La yep. Boulangère so it's quite French uh, Yanto speaks a bit of French though so he's very at home and JJ Rojas was I there I think what we should mention which is one of the most that people don't often talk about because it was it was highly illegal and, and, and strange was the fact that <laughs> Magnus Backstead oh. had fallen ill I was wondering he? whether you could yeah, say, Mag- Magnus Baxter had fallen ill. He, he was riding for that, that another team. Uh, uh, he was riding for that team that was run, run by, at the time, uh, who's the racing driver? Nigel Mansell. Nigel Mansell, yeah, yeah. UK, UK youth. youth. UK yeah. youth. Yeah. Uh, he'd fallen ill. Yeah. They were short of a well, rider. It, ra- the, the whole th- it ravaged the team, hadn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they um, was, I think they'd only had, 
Well, they were they were they were thinking about getting one of the Swannies as a substitute, and it was that that. Do you remember that? It was the that time of year when the UCL were introducing, or they trialled it, and it was only for two week period before they just said this isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. That you could drop in a substitute, and UK youth were needed another rider, so they could just have a couple of riders for the final stage. It's the big marquee stage. It's the Westminster UK youth, Nigel Mansell, yeah. uh, all that, and. Matt Barbet had been doing a little bit of training, and he was working yeah. for, for, for ITV at the oh, time. No, Channel Five. Chan- sorry, Channel Five. It was, it, was, it, was the, it was a lead anchor, wasn't he? At Channel Five yeah, uh, started off in weather, moved up, yeah. and and ended up ended up um, riding. And, and Matt, I remember it because uh, the UK youth were riding is they were the eighties, that 81, 82, it's three, four, uh, yeah. eight, number eight two. Yeah. It took the t- it took his number and. <laughs> And Matt Barbette rode the stage. Bless him. I know, but was it? It was. He didn't actually see. The thing is, he didn't have a racing license because he was just a weatherman, t- his TV presenter. Um, so he didn't actually. Can I just go on? Oh yeah, I don't, right on yeah. Weird one, yeah, isn't it? Oh, sorry, that's a bit. Sorry. But we are driving and podding. To be terribly legal, but um, we got away with it. Um, yeah, he was. As I say, a news and travel, weather, and then. Um, news reporter, the news anchor, Channel Five, wasn't actually didn't have a racing license, no. so they had to smuggle him into the team. Um, and I think he raced as um, was it Mag? Mag- it was Magnus. Magnus. And Magnus is quite tall, so one of the things they had to do because obviously Magnus is quite Swedish, and uh, and as, as chiselled and as swarthy and as attractive a man as as, as Matt Barbet is, he's just not Magnus. Mm. They padded him out. So they padded him out. They'd yeah. made a, a paper mache chin. I remember all that. That was strange, and and he and he wore three insoles to make him that little bit taller. Bless him. Yeah. Um, and 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 it was only it was only two mile after neutral. He actually got uh, punted, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, he did really well. He hung on. He, the, the the flag dropped somewhere. Well, it was on the Westminster circuit, wasn't he? So, just before Tower Bridge, um, he, yeah, he was out. But here's the unfortunate thing um, that, that Matt Barbet didn't realise that um, you know, not not being a pro is that uh, the sensible thing would have been just to sort of like invent an illness or a sickness or something like that and just kind of like sack it off and make a pub. Do the, maybe that sign, the, yeah, chi- yeah. the finger under the chin yeah, with the... Or the neck. But Channel yeah. 5 had a, had dedicated and they were going to make a kind of do- fly on the wall documentary about his undercover appearance of the Tour of Britain. Yeah, for UK um, youth. So he's being followed by um, by an entire film crew. He was the wired, pressure was on, wasn't it? The pressure, the pressure was on um, and he, he decided to honour uh, the stage by uh, finishing it um, 49 minutes. It was only a short it was, crit, I think it, so it was the best, was, was, it was a short crit, but it was the best part of four, five laps down, wasn't yeah, it? Was, uh, yeah. I think in the end, Carol Plesser, she, she, it was apparently six, and she said, we'll just leave it at five. But in the meantime, so Matt Barbet looked yeah, like sorry, Anto yeah. Barker was off the front with this yeah, very yeah. continental um, uh, uh, sort of set of riders, weren't they? Yeah. And, um, Ali Jet at this point, who's out and out favourite to take victory. Oh yeah, back to back victories in the Westminster Circuit actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it, oh, incredible. Uh, yeah. The way he cornered that that the year before was insane. It was insane. Yeah, and he had that um, uh, Danilo De Luca on his team as well. He did. Anyway, so De Luca and um, and and Pataki felt it getting away from them. I mean, they both had they caught. See, because they're both motorsport fans. The problem is they'd had dinner with um, Nigel Mansell the night before. Oh, they had a, oh, yeah. So they were struggling a little bit. They caught a little bit of this lurgy. Um, well, he likes he likes, likes a couple of likes a red wine, likes a, likes a likes an ale, and, and motor he likes motor cars as yeah, well. He does, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so they were they were they were they were struggling a bit, and they felt Rojas, Le Cadre. It's a strong group. It's a strong. It's an unusual group. Yeah. Um, especially when you throw into the mix uh, Rudy Mollard as well. Well, Rudy Mollard was was. 
Was he? He was, he was a neo pro, wasn't he? He must have been like 18, 19. Yeah, he was. Um, but he was he was after the King of the Mountains jersey, and there was, one, was. there was one climb, wasn't there, um, on Tower Hill? Just a long bridge to the to, to, to the needed, turn at the end. It was quite. Yeah, all he needed was one point. Um, there was only one point available. Yanto flicked him. Well, that's. I mean, as much as we love Yanto, that yeah. was yeah. as peak Yanto, wasn't it? And then what do the French then do? Gang up on him. Exactly. He's a bit of a French mafia. Yeah. You can't be doing that to yeah. to Rudy Moller because like Yanta was nowhere in the mountains classification. He knew it, yeah. but he was under. Yeah. Oh, it was just awkward, and then it just all oh, then it started to get a little the, bit hairy, didn't it? The, the point was. Um, Sorry, Ned. Ali, 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 Ali's team they couldn't control it, and it went up. So it was like twenty k to go. They still had um, four, four, four minutes twelve. It was, I think it was. For between four to four twelve and four twenty, it maxed out at. Yeah, so um, so there was a the, Ali Jet. He dropped back to the convoy, didn't he? And he had a little word. And um, money, money. Of course, it's, it's, it's a different era, different era. A few quid, yeah, a few quid, a few quid. quid. Change hands and some and some and some secondhand equipment. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was well. That was that was a little sub deal, wasn't it? That yeah, it um, was. that was Bardiani. Well, that got it across the line, didn't well, it? Well, yeah, Bardiani. This is the interesting thing. Bardiani weren't even on the race, but um, but. Uh, they, Bardiani, owed um, Ali Jet's team a few favours. Well, it's Caburo's dad, wasn't it? Copy of Yeah, yeah, of course. But, of course. Like, so some valves changed hands, didn't they? Some pretty nice valves, actually. Yeah. And, and, and of course, Mansell heard about the valve situation. He got himself involved. He, he took himself involved. Of course he did. Um, so that, that, spelt, that spelt the end of that. And um, all of a sudden, uh, Ali Jet's team, they basically, financial largesse around the convoy, um, they'd recruited. Every single other team um, to ride this, even the British teams, even the British teams, who were happy to take the the cash, Um, as well as a uh, a, uh, as well as the the, one of the domestic teams, not even a UCI registered team, just an amateur team from Hernhill Velodrome VCL, who just they were placed at the side of the roads um, somewhere near. Somewhere near Blackfriars Bridge. That's right. I remember that in the tunnel, where no one could be seen. Yeah, you couldn't get the just television drops down, signal. Just drops down. Just drops down. The television yeah, signal. Yeah. And they just, um, uh, they just uh, all, dre- all, all wearing different colours of replica kits of different other teams. They just jumped. Utter confusion. And all of a sudden, the bunch had swollen by about seven riders and got on the front, and they rode, they rode this group down, and then it all, it all kicked off at the end. I mean, Ali, Ali Jet won the sprint. Of course, it did. Of course. Uh, well, what I'd heard as well is like stupidly, Yanto after. It, all the French started to sit on as well, so that was the beginning of the end. And obviously, they got wind of that because the TV pitch. Okay, look, look, Yanto's flick mollard. All the French are cheesed off, but then Yanto comes. Cheesed yeah, Yanto. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, um, Yanto tried the old bribery trick. It just didn't work. It just didn't. It just didn't work. And uh, you know, there's only you, you do something like that, and you, there's no coming back. You flick mollard. You, you you flick yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a phrase in French, isn't it? Um, flick Moller, tu flick toi, toi-même. Toi-même. Uh, this is, uh, bo- sorry, it's an absolutely right. insane. Right, I'm going to, so I'm just going to, you, yeah. you, you yeah. drive, I'll pause. Can you pod. say the sportive style clear okay. when, I'm, when I'm clear? Uh, I'm not going to say it yet because it just isn't. Okay. Um, uh, and bear in mind my eyesight's not great. So I'm trying to filter right. Stay, into, stay in this lane. Yeah. Uh, wait, there's three cars, yeah. three cars. By the way, yeah. uh, Ned's it's not podding. He's actually yeah. just, right, after this Mercedes. Yeah. Clear up! Okay. Clear. Is that a mistake? Yeah, that's a mistake. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so that was really. Mansell. He would have been all over that. Of course he would have done. He'd have just recognised it. Did he ride from the side? I got to go right here, haven't I? Uh, no, he rode for Williams. Williams. Yeah. Williams. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, and you know, it's sad for Yanto. He just didn't have the readies to. Um, but he, the irony is, he does now because he's minted. He's absolutely minted. Yeah. So much like so, the the two riders who came at that worst from that whole story, that whole they knew they barkle yeah. in Westminster. It was at the end of that, uh, the, that extraordinary edition of Tour of Britain were TV's Matt Barbet and Yanto Barker. And yet, in 2023, however many years on, there they are, both very wealthy men and very very good looking. Um, both of them. So who's had the last laugh? I mean, I'm not saying Ali Jet isn't very wealthy and very good looking, but he is. He's working for Rye on minimum wage. Yeah. Well, well look at Yanta. He's basically sponsoring Bora, isn't he? He's bankrolling Bora. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the, and, and and Matt Barbet has bought a house in Kent. So. <laughs> An host house. <laughs> well, that's it for our special Never Strays Far Giro d'Italia uh, season. I've managed to find a little bit of kit that I needed uh, to edit this podcast and get it uploaded. So that's the last piece of the jigsaw for me. My huge thanks uh, to principally the two guys who've kept this podcast propped up. Charlie Quarterman for his excellent insight and many congratulations, Charlie, to to you for completing your Giro d'Italia and being in it as well and animating it and uh, mixed up in the sprint yesterday as well. We could uh, just about make up, make out, not make up, um, but... Uh, even more thanks than that goes to Matt Stevens, uh, who's jumped into the breach for technical and timing reasons. It's just impossible to catch up with Pete and David on a daily basis. Um, and Matt, you've been absolutely fantastic. And thank you for just giving up your time and your energy and your sense of humour and your analysis from time to time as well. Um, do give Matt a follow on uh, social media, at Real Stevens, uh, for more of the same. A relentless torrent of Matt Stevens, in fact, throughout the year. So do give him a follow. He's a, speciali- he's a specialist in being Matt Stevens. Um, and our more normal Never Strays Far service, head of the Tour de France, of course, uh, which will also be daily. Um, but our nor- more normal service resumes very soon when uh, I hook up with David for uh, Never Strays Dauphiné uh, starting on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Bye.